Hi, ladies and gentlemen, heroes and dream chasers. Ben Finelli here, and welcome back to the Heroic Minds podcast, where I uncover the heroic stories of individuals overcoming illness, rising to the top of professional sport, and thriving in business, with the hopes of helping you to do the same. All right, welcome back to Heroic Minds. I'm excited about this guest because not only is she amazing and a, and a champion of cystic fibrosis and a the hero of her own story she is also the fiance of a player that i'm lucky enough to coach and was lucky enough to play against so the tie is quite close the podcast today is about amber's journey through and living with cystic fibrosis and how it's not just living with but she's actually living a triumphant life and one incredible life as everyone else is yet she's dealing with adversity every day and doesn't let it slow her down in any way. So that's why she is on the podcast today. And I can't wait to hear about how she has this mindset that she carries with her every day. So Amber, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Cool. Cool. So I guess the first thing is I, there are a lot of different illnesses or diseases out there where they're acronyms or, and you don't really know what they are. So I think the first thing we could do is talk about what exactly is cystic fibrosis. For many, they don't no, and I didn't know up until really I got to know you and Michael. Yeah, so that's the one thing about CF is it's really hard to tell sometimes on the outside. And also it's very different for each specific person who has it. But generally CF, which is cystic fibrosis, is a genetic disease that mostly affects your lungs, your respiratory system, and your digestive system because of um, an overabundance of mucus built up so because of that we get infections in our lungs quicker they last longer there's a lot um, harder to deal with and then same with for our digestive problems because we have a buildup of mucus our, our uh, enzymes aren't secreted and so we have to take them every time we eat so that we can properly digest our food so it mostly affects our lungs and digestive system but because of that it kind of affects every part of our body in some way so so just to, again for my understanding and the understanding yep. of the viewers that so it's extra fluid within the lungs that has exponential issues other than just the lungs because i mean you use your right. lungs for so many different things that that's how it affects uh, yeah. digestive so it's like a extra buildup of mucus that we affects us the most in our lungs but in all spots of our body it's just making it more challenging for it to properly function right right so well, that, that clarifies things. Then moving on from that, in your day-to-day -day life, what would that look like for you dealing with cystic fibrosis? So, like I said earlier, everybody kind of has different severities, different cases. It affects them more in different ways. So when I was younger, it mostly affected me um, in my digestive system. Um, I led a pretty active life, so that helped clear, and I still do, but especially when I was younger, my parents put me in every kind of sport imaginable just to keep my lungs clear so that helped with the physio but besides that I still had to do um, different medications and treatments through inhalers and masks and therapy like that um, I wore things called a vest which is like a life jacket so it thumped my chest to help bring up the mucus and then I cough that out so that it's not sitting there to build up and cause infection and then every day every time that I eat snack or meal I have to take enzymes and the amount that I take is dependent on how much I eat and then a variety of different 
um, vitamins and other things like that, just depending on how sick I am. So if I'm doing well and my lungs are clear, then I usually have uh, one constant mask that I would do. But then if I'm having a day where I'm more coffee, more congested, then I would add different medications to that. So there's some things that I do constantly, and then there's some that is kind of dependent on how I'm feeling. So when you say how you're feeling in days when you're more sick or less sick, is right. that relative to specifically the amount of mucus and, I guess, cystic fibrosis specifically? Or is that yeah. sickness as in cough, cold, not feeling well? Or is that all so, into the same? Yeah, like it, it would be because of the symptoms from CF, but then there can be external reasons. So if it's really... I notice specifically with temperature changes, then I'll get more sick. Or if I'm run down, if I've had a busy schedule, haven't been able to get a lot of sleep. For the average person, it's probably they just need to get a good night's sleep, rest up, and they'll be okay. But that's not enough for me. I'd have to do some medications and different chest therapy to really recover. Because if I'm not careful with that, then I can get infections like pneumonia, things like that, that'll really pull me down. So, so that... Wow. So whenever you put forth a certain amount of effort that would be relative to someone else's, you would take then more time to recover to ensure that you are in control of the amount of mucus or in control of this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I noticed that the most, as I've grown up, especially if I want to go out on the weekend with friends, that kind of thing where you're yep. not getting as much sleep, right. I know that I have to then take the Sunday or whatever it is to really recover, do medications, things like that, or else... I'm your typical like hangover or lack of sleep really affects me in a much larger way and kind right. of pulls my body down faster and that's just one example there could even just be if I'm having a low energy day and really coffee things like that to go out and do something social takes a lot more out of me than it would for the average person so. wow and and I guess for the listeners listening to this and already seeing really the daily and meal to meal and hour to hour impact this can have on your life i just want to be clear every single time i've seen amber in the community and that's quite often because we play a lot of games we have a lot of practice and i see her around the rink honestly and the one thing that attracted me to having her as a guest is that i've never seen her not look vibrant glowing and i just want the viewers to know as we get into the the mindset side of this um just how um, optimistic and um, vibrant she is from a day-to-day -day basis and I again not understanding CF had no idea that it was a day-to-day hour-to-hour thing and it's it's just incredible so um, yeah leaves me speechless Thank you. Um, so you you said when you were young and active so I I'm going to assume this started from this starts from birth or is this figured out along the road or um, well now it's well, it's always been genetic from birth. I never didn't have CF, but um, when I was born, they didn't have the genetic screening for it. So for the first two years of my life, I was really sick. Um, my mom would take me, my mom and dad would take me back and forth to the doctor. Something wrong with her. Uh, my parents, there was about five other couples. They all kind of had kids and their firstborn within four months of each other. And I was the youngest of them. So I think they were constantly were seeing all these other kids um, hit these milestones and they're like, why isn't Amber hitting them at that point? And so they kept taking me back to the doctor and 
some some doctors weren't so um I don't know what the word is they would often push it on my mom say that oh do you want your child to be sick there's nothing wrong with her make up reasons for why I was constantly sick um wasn't able to digest any food wasn't gaining weight pale and at two years old I was still about 17 pounds so my mom's at that point was like all right there's something more wrong finally I was referred to London Hospital and then that's where they did the genetic test and they figured that out so luckily now with screening at birth people are finding out right away so they're not having to have those few years where they're constantly sick and they're um, organs are deteriorating from being sick so that's been a blessing but yeah so we didn't find out right away but wow so really so then you're saying it took two years mm-hmm. and at two years old you were like you said 17 pounds yeah. and that's when the doctors thought the professionals that hopefully would have noticed earlier thought then that um, there's something bigger going on and yeah. that's when wow so, so thankfully my parents were persistent with that and didn't stop because I would really I wouldn't have been here today if they didn't do that. Wow. And I and I want to get into at the end where CF has come in, over the past few years and and you and I both have a mutual friend in town yes, we um, do. Mike Farwell who's a radio host in town who does a lot of work and work with you as well. And so I I'm starting to be become more educated on the process that it's made and from an outside view it seems that we're we're making huge strides in in uh, treatment and care for those with CF and and um, lengthening lifespan by more than we could have imagined five ten years ago which yeah, is absolutely. which is awesome so saying that um, at, at what point then did were you given um, moving into the mindset you needed yeah. to, to deal with this every day at what point did it go from you having to take ownership on this so from the young age from two years yeah. um, so I on kind what of, point did, was it, all right, I, you know, when I'm at school, I don't have my parents here with me. What point was it I've got to be able to deal with this? And I guess go into maybe the tough times you went through where you did need support. What was it that, that helped or if the support wasn't there, how did you find a way to manage it on your own? So, yeah, because I was so little, I guess I never really knew anything different with my life. I just always thought, like, this is me. This is a part of who I have, who I am, what I have to do each day. And then I think it was, I don't remember how old I would have been, quite young, when I was watching a Seventh Heaven episode. <laughs> and the youngest daughter on that had a friend who had cystic fibrosis. And that's actually from that show is how I found out that there wasn't any cure for CF and that there was a life expectancy much younger than the average person. And I, that's when I kind of went to my parents with more questions because... I was just kind of confused and I think that's when I really it must have been grade two or three figured out that I was different from other people and that's when they kind of sat me down and my mom shared this quote with me that I've taken with me forever and it's that life's 10% about what's given to you and 90% about how you react to it and ever since then I've I use that in every down day I've had every crappy thing that's happened and every time I've kind of faced adversity with cystic fibrosis and with anything in life just kind of kept that in the back of my head so yeah when I was younger I 
I would feel it more like, oh, I have a stomach ache, I can't go out. Or I would be more upset if I couldn't go outside and play with my friends because right after dinner, they were whipping outside to play till streetlights come on. But I had to spend, you know, an hour, an hour and a half inside doing treatment before I could go do that. So originally that's where my, I think I would feel the most frustrated because I just want to go out and do what they would be doing. And then when I started high school, I think I felt it more with wanting to go experience life on weekends and stuff like that with my friends and do exactly what they would do, but then kind of suffer the consequences after harder than just a headache. Right. (laughs) Um, And then most recently, um, about a year and a half ago, I got my first really bad bout of pneumonia. And that's when I think I realized that it had the symptoms had kind of caught up to me more not just digestively but respiratory wise and how I really realized oh I do have that chronic signature cough that um, everybody with CF has that I never really thought I would get Um, and I didn't want to have people see me the way that I um, felt when I had pneumonia because I always want to come across as this you know, positive, upbeat person who doesn't let this bring me down. But that was the first time that I was like, wow, this takes a lot out of you. So that was hard to see. Even like my close loved ones uh, see me in that light and have to ask for help, which I always try not to do. So Right. And again, that's what the side of you that I do see is the constant, vibrant, um, optimistic. And, and I know... Um, that rubs off on other people and they take note of it as well. Going going back into the 10% is what you're given, 90% is how you react, which is many people say that. And 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 I, I have heard it before and you think about it, what makes you really buy into that it's how you react to it? Because we can say that and then we find ourselves, um, I mean, one example would be in hockey is we say that in hockey, but then once the emotions are high and we're in that, Right. That specific moment where we're not, we don't consciously think, okay, hey, how am I going to react here? It's subconscious sometimes takes over and emotion can even overpower that. And then we're not truly reacting to the moment. We're trying to control it and change everything. Right. And, and um, what goes through your mind when, like you said, you, the, everyone, the friends are going to, uh, whether it's a young, young age where you said your friends are going outside and... Uh, you realize you had to sit and re- and relax and recover or recoup because if you went too hard, um, there would be it would ex- there would be more recovery and you had things to do the next day, so on and so forth. And and which relates to today, going out late on late nights. What is it in that moment where you forget about what the situation is and now, even hearing you speak about it, you're already ready to react. You're and you accept the situation. And you're ready to react. How, I. Yeah, I want to, like, what, so what is it? that I feel like it's, I tell myself that if people in the past with CF hadn't reacted um, and done all they could to be advocates and to be positive and to not let it bring them down, I wouldn't be here today. Because I honestly think that I was given this for a reason. I have to tell myself that, that everything happens for a reason and I was given this for a reason and I have a job to do because if the people didn't do their job with CF in the past I wouldn't be here today and I think that it's now my job to continue that cycle and to do that for the people who are going to be born with CF in the next decade 
I think that we all have a job to do and that this is just my turn to do that. And so whenever I'm down and find it hard to react in the right way, I tell myself that. I don't know if it's cold in here. I'm like, I just got shivers down my spine because it's just, that is, I mean, that's true acceptance in back to front, top to bottom is it's easy to accept the easy things or the, you know, a scrape on the knee, whether that be a metaphor for, you know, you lose a job, another job comes up. That's, I mean, that's real life. And, and really the, it is about life. It's, it's affecting the, the decisions you make um, that other people wouldn't think twice about. And you have to give that second thought. And it's in a selfless way that you're doing that. You are accepting the situation, but in a way that you approach that to help others. That the more you're able to accept and 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 that's not push through it, that's actually take a step back and accept the situation, and that's what's going to end up helping others. Which, which from what you say and from what I know about CF is so very true, and that's where other people are really um, going to have a great life with this, just as you are, and and in the best way possible for what the situation is. It's I don't want to again put a metaphor that that doesn't make sense but it's almost in a sense you have a certain hand that you've been dealt and you're doing the best you can and making the best moves you can with that with those cards that you have which is for me to say that from the outside is is not even fair and and again you i think the listeners can resonate with how you just said it because i know i just got some shivers and i'm i'm now i need to figure out where my mind is i gotta i gotta i've got a job to do here ben focus focus um so i guess the the next thing would be for or the the concept of future life. Mm-hmm. Do you are you in, able to be in the moment at all the time? Is it all the time? Sorry, is there ever worry about the future? How do you cope with that? Because that's again something that there's no book for that. There's no how to not fear about worry about the future, so on and so forth. How do you handle that yeah. side of things? Um, I think some days are easier than others. I would be lying if I said I was never scared for the future but I think that it honestly comes down to the people that I surround myself with they're nothing but positive they of course are there for me when I'm struggling and want to talk about um the scary things that come along with it but I think it honestly has to do with how positive they are it started with my parents basically well you've seen how my mom and dad have raised me and how it's to be positive and to react and accept it and move forward. And um, they've raised my sister in the same way and she's always been nothing but supportive and so many times had to just roll with what's going on, whether it's, oh, I'm sick, can't do this, all right, well then we'll switch and do this. And then it's my friends as I grew up um, wanting to do research and find out what CF is, but then realizing that that doesn't put me into a category that's makes me different, just makes me unique, I guess. And then the partner that I chose, I think Mike's made me uh, look at the future the most recently, more positively, and um, take kind of my worries away because no matter what, oof, sorry. <laughs> It's okay. Um, no matter what happens, I'm going to be around positive people. And and those are the people that help pull me out of the um, 
negative feelings that I have or the scary moments. So, yeah. I definitely I, think it's the people that help me. Wow. I've, I've never felt that, I've, you know, the tears of strength is what comes to mind. I've never even thought of that. I never knew it was a thing. And that's what I sense from you is that um, it's, it's, it is, it's emotion of such strength and acceptance and, you know, uh, emotion is a part of that and it's not a bad thing. And which actually leads me into something you talked about, um, talk the fear and scare being scared of the future and you almost were able to shake it off you said you know you there is you know to not think of that does it entertaining that thought or having that conversation with people while at the same time knowing you have so many amazing people around you how does that affect your mindset thinking about um not specific fear to your situation but fear and being scared in general is that something that you find um acceptance of that or that you know what fear is a thing and i'm going to be scared and um on our last podcast kelly talked about if um, if you can't overcome fear to just do it scared because then when you come out on the other side you you accomplish that but also now you're probably not going to be as scared the next time you have to do it and i wonder if uh, what your viewpoint is on that because there is potential fear for the future of being scared as we all have right. everyone does and some for other reasons of course but I think for, for listeners in a general sense, um, and I don't want to put you on the spot here too much, but what is your opinion of fear and, and fear of the future? I think that we, we find fear in a lot of things that we can like understand. Like I understand what it would mean to pass away of CF and all of the different symptoms that would come with it so I think those are the things that I'd be scared of the most is and I I feel that fear when I'm sick or I'm can't stop coughing and I don't like the feeling of not being able to stop and that's what brings me fear but I also think that fear to me is when I don't understand a situation as well and I've recently felt that in the past just over a year losing a close friend at a young age to something that I can't understand the situation to. And I it's hard for me to rationalize what happened because to me it's always like you understand something that somebody's been going through and you can say like, oh, at least they're in a better place. They've stopped suffering. And those are our ways of rationalizing fear is trying to make sense of them. But there comes a point when it doesn't matter how well, you can rationalize something. It still scares you because it's unknown and you don't know whether you're going to experience that or what your story is going to be down the road. So I will experience all of those different emotions and then I try to bring myself back out of that. So you'll let the emotion have its, have its way because that's natural and then to tone those emotions down, which really I think as human beings we can't totally get rid of, but to tone them down you combat them with rationalization that again going back this is the hand I've been dealt I had the emotion but here's you know the education side and here's what I can do and here's how I can push yeah. forward and that's again you t you talk about this so easily it it makes me tough to, to carry the mm -hmm. conversation because um, it, it I don't want to put words in your mouth or um, yeah it's just I get yeah speechless again so tongue-tied here um, <clears throat> so 
would you say then furthering this this conversation of fear because i think it's important for people that's the, the whole point of this is to help people that are scared and there's a lot of scared people out there and we want to help them have the same strength that you so clearly do and is fear generally misunderstanding then because for me because that's kind of what you were saying and I would say that fear is is actually understanding the truth, but you have a completely different spin on it, which is amazing because I would say the truth is um, the scariest. And that's what some people might attest it to. Like this is, there's no, this is the truth, but you seem to think it's misunderstanding. And once you truly understand, you can then get rid of that fear. Yeah, I guess that's true. I never, I guess I've never really sat down and thought about that, but yeah, that's true. I think that, there's always going to be fear. It's just how well, I don't know. It's a good question. Actually. <laughs> well, it's amazing. And, I, and that's what I'm, tr- I would love to dig into is that for you, fear is actually understanding. And then what I get is acceptance because we, you've talked about that a couple of times. So that's what I've heard from you is mm-hmm. it's acceptance. So if you never truly understand the fear, you'll, you'll just be in a, a middle stage of, being one side is always being scared and the other side is accepting what it what Mm -hmm. the fear is about and and understanding it um if you're just misunderstood you'll never get to the end of of, you know accepting that so that's where yeah it seems that's what yeah i kind of think well i've definitely come to accept what well, when they post something about life expectancy and things like that, I've come to accept it because that's how I've always grown up. But I think that it makes now seeing that stuff rather than having fear towards it, usually, it makes me want to go and continue the fight and spread awareness and educate people on what it is so that when they see somebody walking down the street and hear a cough, they don't immediately think, oh, that person is a smoker you know like Uh i'm guilty for that no but it just goes i want people to i don't know not make assumptions right away and think about that there could be other things that they're going through and understand that cf what cf is besides just the two letters you know i want people to understand what it is because that's our job it's not just about raising money to for charity and to fundraising for us to have medical advancements, but it's to really understand what the disease is and how it affects every person individually. So I think I've come to really accept the fears that come with it, but then how I can move forward and make positive things come from that fear. Wow. And it's, and it truly is beyond the lungs as we've, as we've talked about, there's so many more other moving pieces in this. And I, I, the goal is to, you know, this podcast itself be one other thing, amazing thing you're doing. And I know you're doing a lot, a lot of things, which again, we'll get into towards the end of this. Um, last thing on fear, because I, yep. I'm just so intrigued how, <coughs> how you deal with it, because you, not every person could sit in that chair as you are and, and talk about this in such a strong way. And I, and, I, and so that's why I want to stay on this topic a little bit, a little bit longer. Does acceptance of that, of fears that you have then lessen other fears? Because you've been able to basically accept and, and, and overcome a fear 
and live through things and still do things you want to do and, and have an incredible wedding that you're going to have and, and all these amazing things that you've already done. Um, so, and you've done all that through a fear that's, um, I think the biggest fears that people could have. So does that lessen, do other things seem like, ah, it's not a big deal. You know, I don't do well in an exam. Ah, it's not a big deal. Or, you know, I have a big midterm coming up or I have to give a speech. Does that change those situations? I think it puts them into perspective for me that my, I see what my largest fear is or what I'm up against. But I also try my best to live my life just like other people. And so I, I still get upset if I don't do well on something and <laughs> things like that because a part of me is kind of a perfectionist and um, I like to succeed and I, I tell myself that I want to succeed just as much as other people and I think that that even comes into sports and things like that. I challenge myself to keep up to other people because I don't want to feel like CF's holding me down. It's a part of my life, but it's not my whole life, and I don't want that to ever change. I don't want it to overcome who I am outside of CF. Right. So I think that I definitely still have other fears, but I think that my greatest fear of what CF has in store for me um, definitely puts other fears into perspective. Right. And I think that's a message that you can also not other people other people are going through different types of adversity and fears and it's it's almost a hierarchy of of um of fears where you can kind of file them and say you know here's the biggest fear so we and i've found a way through that one and we found a way to we're living with this one every day for others that it could be whatever and then you can approach it in a way or that a new fear that you know what Look at the bigger fears I'm living with every day. And, and everyone has a something that is, you know, they're not yes. their kryptonite, but everyone has something that, and it's all relative. So um, that's just such a, a simple way to think about it. And it's easier said than done for sure. But if I think from what you're saying, if we can somewhat file those fears and put them in an order where, you know what, if we, first, if we can understand everything, we can realize I don't need to worry about this because this is way more important. And I don't even really need to worry about that because look, the, the hierarchy keeps going. And, and if we can overcome and live with that biggest fear, then we can find ways to, mm-hmm. you know, live with those, those other lesser, we'll say, if, if they're in that hierarchy fears. Absolutely. Um, it's incredible. I, so approaching um, different tasks today, um, knowing ahead of time that you could either you can do something and take and know that you'll have to plan for more rest and recovery than maybe the next day or you do something not to the full output uh, what is your approach with that do you are there times where you just you know what I'm not going to worry about it I'm just going to give 110 percent and then deal with it after is that a, is that a mindset or is that not um or are you would yeah that be I'd a say mindset? sometimes I I and that comes with not letting CF kind of rule my life and the attitude that I can still do whatever I want and experience everything that my friends do and family do. So I think sometimes, but I think that I was, as I've gotten older and the disease has kind of crept up on me because it, it gets worse with age, I think that I've kind of had to realize that I can't always have that attitude because then it's just going to hold me back from being able to do something else. But it also, a big part of that is 
making sure that I do my medications and treatments to kind of be proactive. I think when I was younger, I could get away with, oh, I missed a treatment, that kind of thing. But now I've learned that that's not, I can't think about that and I can't do that because it really affects me more. And I think that I have plans for the future and I'm excited for that. And I realize that my actions, if I don't do my medications and choose to have that attitude, that it's not only affecting me, but it's affecting the people who want to be with me and want to share my life and experience things with me. And that's selfish of me. So, Wow. So it's again, just going back to the selflessness really of decisions you're making to benefit others. And one is that a way you approach things is to benefit others that live with CF. And then again, selflessly taking better care of yourself so that others are happier as well, having you around. And um, that's an incredible approach to a struggle. And often people will, you know, it's, it's the world's fault and it's unfair and it's unfair and I'm going to worry about me and nothing else matters. And um, I feel like that's a common theme nowadays is that everyone's out to get me. And whether that, no matter what that is, losing a job, um, whether it's a, a bump in the road in any way, the trend nowadays is, is just worrying about them, themselves and um, that everyone's out to get them. So they have to watch and make sure every decision's to benefit themselves. And, uh, and there's something to be said about making decisions that actually can benefit others, which I want you to speak to because you are, you've now talked about it twice of being so selfless and how it's helped you. So are there any other situations in your life where you make a decision, whether specific or not, where you're doing so to help others and you know in turn that's going to come full circle and help you? And I know that's a fully loaded question, um, but just to reiterate, it's something, something you do in your life where you make the decision, you know it's going to benefit others and then come around and benefit you as well. Because I think that's a good lesson to, yeah. to talk well, about. I think that... That's kind of always what I've had in my mind when it comes to public speaking. Ever since I was younger, I've since maybe I was 10 or 11, I got into public speaking and um, talking about what CF is and the awareness that comes with it. And I think that that gives a lot of people with CF hope. And when I was younger, I would listen to older people with CF speak about CF, and it gave me encouragement that I can become who they are and I can get to that age and I can experience the things they've experienced. And then also, I when I speak, I want to give parents with newly diagnosed children hope as well that they're going to ha- experience some pretty crappy times down the road trying to help their children, but that they can get to this point as well and then they can choose to lead this life and educate people and it's just the cycle that comes with it and I think like especially around the KW area I really think that that's our motto within our CF Canada chapter that we do what we can um, at each stage of life to help other people so that they can get to that stage and then do that in turn and like you said before with Mike Farwell he's a great testament to that because you know, his sisters who both had CF passed away so long ago and it could be so easy for him to just 
you know, move on and um, continue to do all of the other things he does in the community. But he's a great role model for me um, to how far your voice can go and how much impact it can have on people, um, both inspirationally, educationally, emotionally. There's just so many ways that people can take what he says and what he does in the community and have it help them in different ways. So I think that's what I always strive to do when I'm looking to help people. <laughs> wow. So decisions you're making, again, are to the kind of a long-term goal in mind that this is to help other people. And I think if, imagine we all had that approach, what the world would be like. It was, it's, it, it, wow, it's, that's amazing. So in a sense, what goes around comes around sort of, but with, you know, specific intent, you know, you're not just doing it. Yes, you are doing it to be nice and be a good person, uh, which is what the saying is, but really what goes around comes around with a specific goal in place. And that is, and you're actually seeing that work for you is that when you make those decisions with the intent to, to help others, um, you're now it's coming full circle and, and you're feeling those benefits as well. Um, so let's go on to that then. Let's go into that area of what you were just talking about. So you don't know how far your voice can go because when you take the opportunity to speak and uh, share something as you and, and Mike both do in the area of CF. Um, could you talk about that more generally? Like, so for people that maybe are scared to speak up about something or should be supporting something and they don't know how, because I know there's a lot of people in concussion, which is my, more of my background where they reach out and they say, I'd love to help. And I, and my hands are tied because I, I wish I had, you know, I'm, I'm, I, when I speak, I speak on my own and, and there's individuals that want to help. It's like, how can I help in any way? And this is, and that's, that's what I experienced with concussion. And, um, and I know that must be standard across the board and other, and other issues in the world and other issues in different societies. What would your message be for, you don't know how far you, your voice can go. How would you, you know, overall generally what, and what is your experience with that? Yeah, I think that Sometimes you have a goal in mind for what you want to say when you're speaking, but you don't realize all of the little things that people can take out of that that you intended for or not. And I think that um, people can relate to different situations, even if it's not the exact same. They can take out pieces from what you've said that help them and relate to them and help them get through something that we're not even aware of. So I think the big thing is communicating and sometimes easier said than done but talking about the sometimes scary things and the challenges and adversity that we face because it resonates with people in a lot of different ways that we might not even know so, so then really the message is just talk yeah just open your mouth and talk about what the issues are you don't need a script it doesn't have to be perfect and usually i'd say probably when it's not as pretty and edited and is the most real and the most authentic and that's when it can impact someone in a way you didn't even mean to i think so and which is a good lesson for me actually because when i have the when i'm lucky enough to have the opportunity to speak at public schools it's, it's i need to 
execute this perfectly. I need to get, you know, every comma needs to be a pause. I need to do everything perfect. And that just makes me realize that for myself and for others that are giving talks or speeches, whether it's in a school or an office, um, we're humans. And I think you just put it perfectly that just talk because there's a way someone approaches concepts that you may not even think of, or someone's dealing with something that you may not even know of and um, may pick up something from it that you had zero intent to and maybe would have even better outcome by accident than if you would have presented whatever you had to say perfectly to script. And I think that's a, a good lesson for for everyone. And not to say when you talk about CF, you're not delivering it perfectly. I think it's you you speak incredibly and, and I know your message is getting um, received by all the people listening right now and, and very much myself as well. Um, so to not to take too many steps backward, um, when are there situations where it's just you that has to deal with the situation? And it seems as if you have such an amazing support group, this is rare. But at the end of the day, it is you. You know, there aren't other people, or there the people in your closest circle, um, from what I know of, aren't suffering from the same thing or dealing with the same thing. I sorry, I apologize. I hate using That's the okay. word suffering with with this topic, but uh, that are dealing with the same thing. Um, what what is the mindset when you know maybe it's ten minutes, maybe it's an hour, maybe it's a day, a week, where you feel as if it's just you dealing with it? What is your mindset with that? Um. Well, sometimes I do feel alone because even if I do open up to somebody um, in my support system, they're not experiencing the same thing. And I think one of the hardest things with CF is we can't be around each other because we can pass infections on to each other that other people can't get. That can be, um, some of them you can't even get rid of. So there's a lot of risks, so we can't be around each other. And I think sometimes... That's what would make you feel, well, make me feel alone. I can reach out on social media, which are great assets to have, but, um, and, but sometimes I just feel alone and frustrated because although they're, my support system's sitting with me and trying to help me and do all that they can, they're not the ones that are having a coughing fit where I'm just mostly just annoyed because I know then I'm going to be up for a while trying to, calm my flare up and then I'm probably going to be exhausted the next day from it and just all of these things going through my mind that I'm trying to um, be happy well of course that my support system is there for me but also frustrated because I'm just going through this and they aren't going to understand and sometimes I do experience things where you're like, oh, we'll just do your inhaler, do your medication. And I'm like, yeah, but that's annoying to do over and over every day. And there's, it's normal to feel those um, emotions where it doesn't matter what's said. I'm going to be annoyed at this. And right. I'm going to take the five minutes to be annoyed because that's what I'm going to do. So <laughs> I love it. So it's so then what you're saying is it's cool to be upset. And that's again to relating this to the bigger picture and listeners um we're often told you know you have to be happy and optimistic all the time and you have but is that realistic and it's also how much energy does that take to constantly like you said for it takes so much energy to constantly be happy and put this facade on of yes i'm oh this is you know what i'm and that's not not only does it seem not healthy it's not really realistic 
And so your thoughts on, on that, I feel, I mean, you kind of already touched on it, that we can all have issues and, and the only way through those issues isn't to put this mask on that we're super happy and there's no problems. It's whether it's five minutes, um, 10 minutes a day or two that where you have some frustration that's allowed and it's not, um, I think it's in a way it's healthy. Like, do you think that's healthy for what you, I do. I think it's better to be frustrated and be upset, even angry at some situations and it's healthier to let that out than to bottle it up because again, you have to accept that that's reality and that's, this is my life and I'd rather be frustrated about situations that I can't control and then move forward and build on that than to let it get me down because I think in all situations we deserve to be upset about something and we deserve to be frustrated at the situation but then it helps us grow and learn how we can overcome it and where we, how we can move forward. As, uh, to me that's the I mean that's the almost the definition really of toughness is to accept the situation be able to move forward but you're not necessarily moving forward with a with a smile on your face and you're not necessarily moving forward feeling amazing you're moving forward because actually you you're accepting that you don't feel that great but you're still battling through it and fighting through it and 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 then when that frustration does subside you're now way further ahead than you would have been if you just focused on the frustrations that's these podcasts leave me speechless and it's getting difficult to keep these conversations alive. And I know I got a job to do, Ben. Stay dialed in. So that is I, unbelievable. Top to bottom. Um, your ability to accept what is and keep moving forward. Um, how tough you are and how selfless you are with the main goal of helping others in your life is 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 incredible and there there isn't words sometimes there isn't words to put together and and i'm in that spot right now let's get into how far cf has come and what if there are any statistics and motivating statistics because i know there are and let's talk about that side of things and the amazing work you are doing and i hope people after listening to this podcast go out and do their part in educating themselves or finding more about cf and where they can support and then also for those that may know someone i'm going to put amber's contact info below this uh below in the information on this podcast and i encourage you to reach out i know she would be more than happy to help others as you've obviously heard today so i encourage you to do so but let's so let's before we we've finished things up let's talk about um how you help out with cf and then also where things have really come which we've already touched on where they've come since you were since you were born let's go right back to there and the difference between when people are when their people have babies today and when they did when you were when you were young so um originally well when my mom was pregnant with me the average life expectancy was i think around 25. so if we're looking at it in that sense that's quite terrifying because i'm about a year out from that but then if we look at the life expectancy that there is now for people being born with CF, it's, that's doubled. So that really goes to speak how far we've come with medical advancements and treatments and awareness on CF because we've doubled the life expectancy in 25 years. And 
that might not I mean to me 50 is amazing that we've come that far but that's still not that's not how old I want to be I want to live way longer than that (laughs) but um we've come so far with medical advancements when when I was born the amount of pills that somebody would have to take with CF at a time would be a table full and so I always would tell my mom like how can these people be hungry afterwards after you've taken a table full of medication when the goal with CF is to have these high calorie diets when we're younger to well even when we're older to keep because it's hard to absorb fat for our diets and so and now we're down to for some people a handful of pills so we've come really far in the conveniences and we've also come really far in the treatments that we do um I have specific medications for opening my lungs, for mucus clear-up, for my wheezing. It's so specific to each different symptom, and it's making a lot easier to live with this disease at points. So I really believe in CF Canada, and for every dollar that's raised, because I've firsthand experienced how far that money goes, for convenience, for, I guess, looking at the future more positively because I know that there are ways to help and that we've also looked at not just striving for a cure but striving for control over it. And I think that's a big thing is feeling like we have control over our bodies, which we lack when it comes to CF symptoms. So, yeah. Wow. So I guess to recap on that, because it is so amazing, and this is because of work you're doing, and it is because of work that others are doing for CF and those with CF, which I think is the most incredible that those that are dealing with it are are really making an impact in the um, issue itself and not not shying away, which again speaks volumes to yourself and those that are that are that are dealing with it. Um, so life expectancy has doubled. You will go from a table of pills to now a handful of pills, and the treatments and tools for symptoms have also improved to make it that much, and I don't want to say easier, that much more, how would you fill that sentence? Making it a, dealing with those symptoms in a way that they don't impact you as negatively as they used to, which is incredible, and that is through CF Canada, so I encourage listeners to go out and do their part in researching that. I uh, Now through Amber and Michael, the connection there, and then also Mike Farwell, um, my, my interest in the cause and, and supporting it has, has grown a lot. And knowing that, you know, and hearing the fact that this is really moving in the right direction is like, let's get behind it. Whether it's affected you or not, we're moving at such a, uh, obviously not as fast as we'd like to. We'd like to be moving even faster and, and the proof is in the pudding here that we are starting to ramp this up the speed of of understanding this and dealing with it better and better and um, lengthening that life expectancy which is exciting for those and exciting for um, the family members of people dealing with with cf Um, to recap because it the messages today were incredible i the one thing is that i didn't even it blew me out of the water that a lot of us find that understanding fear is um, the scariest thing and and 
a lot of us hide from the truth because then we can hide from accepting that fear. And you've actually gone the opposite and had so much understanding in your fears that um, you're able to accept them and then have control over them, which is an amazing lesson for those with any type of fear, whether it be the future or the moment, is find understanding of it and then we can accept them. Then we move into understanding that, yes, these are the, the realities and we can then um, accept them and find ways to cope with them and deal with them just as you are, that you've accepted the situation and here's the things I can do to deal with it and I'm going to make the best of it, which is, again, toughness in itself and we'll get to that. Um, the next thing is selflessness, is that the decisions you make are so selfless, they're and knowing that they're, they're coming full circle and the fact that you're benefiting others is benefiting you, which is again, incredible. And before we sum up with the toughness side of things, a message I think for everyone uh, is that you don't know how far your voice can go. And that is for business people giving talks to their employees that's for coaches talking to their team that's for friends talking to friends that are dealing with certain things don't wait or over plan what you're going to say because just as amber said the way you say it may affect someone or influence someone more positively and in a better way than it would have if you took the extra week or day to plan exactly what you were going to say so just say it authentically don't you don't need a script or cue cards to do so and lastly, toughness. Um, it, again, Amber is just beaming with not only glowing in a sense of living life to the fullest, but also in the toughest way. And when, even when we talked about things that were emotional, you could tell that it was just tears of toughness. And it was moving for me because circling, coming full circle with acceptance, it's that whatever the fear is, um, when we can, when we find understanding and then find what we can do and accept that, that's true toughness. And then we keep moving forward without, we don't have to put a fake smile on. We can keep moving forward through the thick and thin. And I know that's a cliche. Um, and accepting that, you know what, frustration's a part of life. And that is, is everything you do. All those lessons are. I've learned new today and hearing them in your story has, I, I can't wait to go through all the notes I have here and put them into the uh, info for this podcast. We are definitely going to do our best to get this out there for all the listeners. You can do your part with this podcast and attach it to a tweet, attach it to Instagram. I encourage you to check out the Instagram photo I posted just so you can see the Again, how amazing Amber is, how beautiful she is. Check her out. Check out her Instagram. Reach out to her if you know someone with um, CF or if the messages today resonated with you. But for the listeners today, throw it in a tweet. Tag CF Canada. Tag Amber. Um, feel free to spread the great word, not only in CF, but in life lessons that she's brought today. So, Amber, I don't know if you have anything else to say or if you'd like to add some more. Uh, which you're more than welcome to. I can't thank you enough for um, speaking and joining me here today. It's been absolutely amazing. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Cool. Thanks so much. You are more than welcome. And because today's show was a little bit 
we'll say a little bit of an emotional roller coaster ride. I had to, I had chills down my spine. I was feeling all types of things, and and I think that was amazing. And and thank you to you for that. Um, but to to cheer things up, I guess for those that have uh, listened to this whole podcast while this has been going on. Um, Amber's boyfriend, Mike, who's been sitting beside us here on the couch, I have a foster dog, actually, who is has anxiety, um, is scared of me, usually. I, I can't really raise my voice or anything. She's getting better. But she has definitely found a new boyfriend, and <laughs> I have never seen her this happy. I've never seen her tail wag like this. Um, she's been trying to crawl on top of him this entire time. Um, you can, <laughs> she's also um, on Instagram, so if you want to check her out, um, she might already have a home actually. But if you're if you're interested, um, you can check out the foster group that she's from. That's also on my Instagram. So um, just a little cheer up at the end. Uh, he's you can't take her home though, Mike. Sorry for that. Uh, thank you all for listening. Continue to come back to the website. Check out the uh, future guests. And um, again, feel free to share this podcast because as we heard today, it can make a huge impact. Thanks for listening. And we will be back soon enough with another amazing guest.